Hello, and welcome to The Corporate Casket, a semi-weekly series where bad businesses go to die. We will discuss any and everything from bad charities, terrible CEOs, and people that have a lot to hide. I'm the Illuminati, and today, unfortunately, we're going to be talking about MAPS, or Masquerading Asshole Pedophile. In actuality, it stands for Minor Attracted Person, but I'm calling it like I see it. Obviously, I have to put a major content warning here and say that if you can't handle mentions of pedophilia, then I more than understand if this is not the episode for you. It's not going to be a pleasant one. For any of you that don't know, I'm part of the LGBTQ community and to hear that some maps are advocating becoming part of the community pisses me off a lot and enough that I think I needed to talk about it. So yeah, let's get right into it. Now, before we get into what the hell is happening in this map community, I wanted to find a few new terms here. Pedophilia is described as an attraction to prepubescent children. Hebophilia is an attraction to early adolescence or kids going through puberty. Think like ages 11 to 14. Then ephibophilia is an attraction to late adolescence, age 15 years or older. None of this is okay. However, before we go any further, I wanna make a very important distinction here. There are age differentials that vary from state to state and even country to country. So for example, if one state, it may be fine for a 16 year old and an 18 year old to be together, whereas in another, it's going to be illegal. I'm not saying that if your high school sweetheart is a year older than you and they're 18 and you're 17, that they're automatically like a pedophile until you turn 18. That's not what I'm getting at. These age differentials are in place for a reason. And there's a lot of even Jack and Jill laws in place to kind of help with that kind of awkward transition but that's not what we're discussing today. My issue is with the MAP community and it's that these are adults trying to call their attraction to prepubescent children, literal pedophilia, a sexuality. I've got no problem with pedophiles trying to seek help and stop themselves before they hurt anyone, but justifying their behavior and trying to play victim, that's where I've got an issue. So at least we're on the same page here, I hope, I assume, great. We've got one last term I need to mention and that's gonna be sexual orientation. Sexual orientation relates to gender identity. It has to do with who you're attracted to, whether that's being homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, pansexual, asexual, I think you get the point. The LGBTQ community in part is about celebrating the pride in these communities and advocating for awareness and equality. Sexual orientation and gender identity don't have anything to do with age of attraction. And yet, Parts of this MAP community are still trying to insert themselves into the LGBTQ community and validate their attraction to children. But before we assume anything, let's get some facts straight. Pedophiles did not coin the term minor attracted person or MAPs to rebrand themselves in 2018 in order to gain entry into the LGBT community. Organizations such as Before You Act have been using the term minor attracted persons for years to refer to adults who experience feelings of preferential sexual attraction to children or adolescents under the age of consent. And according to Snopes, the map flag was originally created as part of a troll experiment on Twitter. So though I won't pretend the map community themselves invented the term or their flag, they're certainly using them now. One example continually used by people is one of the rar face mish on Instagram when this person commented this map flag and hashtagged pedosexual and said they were proud of their attraction. They had a Q&A where someone wrote that as someone who was born female and preyed upon by maps, you scare me. This map wrote back, my AOA is two to 12. So if you're older than that, you shouldn't fear anything TBH. Ugh, God, first of all, 
oh God, gross, first of all. But first of all, age of attraction is two to 12, like two year old to 12 year old, like this person needs help, not pride. I really try not to shame individuals and I usually talk about companies or groups, but whoever rar face mish is like, holy shit, you should be ashamed of yourself. Also, you shouldn't fear anything. So is that an admission that little kids do have something to fear around being near this person? Because it sure seems that way by their own words. One user on Twitter found more details and it gets way worse. One person told them on this Q and A that I was raped when I was seven. Do you know that pain? Does it make you happy to feel that? And this map responded, DM me details so I can fap. Because telling someone that you're going to masturbate to their rape is absolutely the best way to prove that you're not a danger to society in any way. One person told them I'm eight and the raw face person said that they were the first person to make my cock twitch. Rar also said they faced adversity coming out as a transgender woman to them is just another coming out. And the difference is that trans people aren't criminals and being transgender isn't about being attracted to children who can't consent. Some people, myself included, want to believe this person is a fucking troll. With how absolutely insane and intense these comments were, I was almost inclined to think that too. I needed to take a break right about here to scream into the pillow a few times, honestly, but I really do agree with Ready to Glare here when she posted about the story too. It doesn't matter if they're a troll or not, because these people like Rar are still pushing the narrative that maps should be part of the LGBTQ community and maps deserve acceptance in general. And the answer to that is no, they don't. They need help, not acceptance. Pedophilia is a crime because children can't consent. It's rape, plain and simple. Rapists don't deserve acceptance. They need to be kept away from potential victims and given therapy. Raping someone isn't something to be proud of. Having the desire to rape someone isn't something to be proud of. And being sexually attracted to children falls in the same category. It's not something to be proud of. Now, along these lines, some people call themselves virtuous pedophiles because they don't act on their attractions. And to me, that sounds like saying, you know, a virtuous criminal. It's kind of an oxymoron, but let's dig into it a little bit. One article from Vice is from someone who claims they spent an entire year living with different non-offending pedophiles. And this is what they said. It was early spring 2015 when I headed from London to the US to spend a week with Gary. He was the first of several self-identifying non-offending pedophiles living in America who I had arranged to stay with and photograph as part of an attempt to understand and document what it means to be attracted to minors. Gary is a member of an online community of people who feel this sexual attraction, which we did not choose. According to Gary and others in the community, just as heterosexual or homosexual person is drawn to people of a particular gender, they find themselves attracted to either boys or girls within specific age ranges below the legal age of consent. They call themselves virtual pedophiles or verped for short, because the vast majority of them claim to have never gone down the path of sexually engaging with a minor. They also claim that they never intend to. Gary is also the founder of the Association for Sexual Abuse Prevention, ASAP, The forums are helpful in reducing the risk on acting on my urges, even though I don't consider myself at great risk. I've come to accept my pedophilia, he says. I don't act on it and I am not distressed by it. Sammy, another Verped member I visited, said that having feelings for a child without someone to talk to is like being trapped on a deserted island. You are so isolated that you began to lose your sanity little by little. Humans are social creatures. We need to talk to people we trust about things that are bothering us. When it's something this taboo, you aren't really allowed to talk about it to anyone. 
I won't pretend this issue is 100% black and white. If someone hasn't committed a crime, no, they shouldn't be in jail. I'm not trying to say that these people shouldn't have anyone to talk to. I think they should be in therapy though. There's two things that really do bother me about this verped thing. Well, there's a lot more than just two, but I'm gonna simplify things here. For one, calling it virtuous is fucked up. It's, you know, just call it non-offending. Virtuous means high moral standards. So not raping a child is a pretty basic moral standard. I think we can agree on that. That's a bad idea. I don't know anyone that goes, that's a good idea. Well, except for apparently maps, but anyway. Knowing that molestation is wrong isn't virtuous, it's common sense. That's just basic right from the start. So I feel that calling these people virtuous is implying that these are really excellent, amazing people simply because they're resisting an urge to molest children. I'm sorry, call it non-defending and get some help. The second thing that really upsets me and you know, they don't get help from other pedophiles. I'm seeing Gary and these people talk about how forums are helpful to them, but I'm really, really skeptical about that. These people need professional help, not support groups and advocacy organizations run by other pedos. And you'll hear more about this later too. However, in regards to these virtual pedophiles entering the LGBTQ community, some say that simply isn't happening. One source says, Ethan Edwards, a co-founder of the group Virtuous Pedophiles who uses a pseudonym, advocates against acceptance of pedophilia and monitors the movements of groups like NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Love Association Online. He says he hasn't seen any attempts on their end to integrate with the LGBTQ community. Perhaps there is some genuine pedophilia somewhere pushing this new rainbow flag. Maybe a few others are trying to infiltrate LGBT groups by the back door, he says over email but I haven't seen any evidence of this in a group setting. I mean, I feel like we just saw some evidence of that on Instagram when the raw person was using the map flag, but regardless of its individuals or organizations, it really bothers me to hear about these people seeking acceptance as opposed to change. And as for their claims that they've never acted on these urges, well, Vice states, It should be noted, of course, that many of these claims cannot be verified. Perhaps some are using Verped as a cover-up. Perhaps some who were given more daring saw my photo story as a way to prove they had nothing to hide. I cannot guarantee that this is not the case and I can understand why many would be suspicious. Even in Gary's case, there is no guarantee that he too hasn't strayed from the virtuous path. In 2007, Gary and Tabitha were foster parents to three children. Three years after that ended, the biological mother of the children made allegations against Gary that he had sexually abused one of the girls. The claims were dismissed by the police and also initially by the alleged victim herself when I met her back in 2015. Just recently, however, the girl, now 20 years old, changed her mind. Appearing in an episode of Dr. Phil earlier this year, she confronted her old foster parents saying that Gary speaking out about being a virtuous pedophile is disgusting. I want people to know what he did to me, that he's not who he says he is. I'm proof he's lying. In recent months, I tried to get in touch with her for further comment, but did not get a response. Now, I'm not saying Dr. Phil is evidence. I've got my own issues with Dr. Phil, but I'm really not surprised that this young woman is speaking out against Gary or the idea that Gary isn't as virtuous as he seems, especially considering how little Gary seems to care if he does act on his sexual urges in other ways. According to one article, Gary says that his fantasies about children are not purely sexual and usually revolve around behavior that would be considered grooming them, where he is on their level and can have the type of relationship you would have with an adult, even though he knows that is not possible. He says his desires are romantic and not purely sexual, but admits this might not be the same for other pedophiles. He says he typically avoids masturbating to scenes involving children, but he doesn't beat himself up if that happens. Gary said, I don't feel bad about it because it's not reality. I can differentiate between fantasy and reality. And 
I just don't believe him. Like call me hypocritical for throwing someone under the bus without enough evidence right now, but I'm just so disgusted. Like you are admitting that children on screen, you see that and you're like, yeah, that's fucking sexy. And you're gonna wank it to that? Like, what? That's probably not the most virtuous thing you would do in that situation, I would assume. But yeah, he still wants that title. So now comes another issue of contact. Virtuous pedophiles are, according to them, no contact. They don't believe in acting on their feelings, so that makes them virtuous. Again, doing the bare fucking minimum may be considered virtuous there, but it's not. However, for maps or minor attracted persons, it can go either way. There are some that vehemently speak out against ever touching a child, like one man in his early 20s named Adam. Yet at the same time, there's a lot of disturbing language Adam uses with a BBC interviewer. The interviewer quotes Adam as saying this, my age of attraction is one to 15, but as they get younger, the emotional attraction is more prominent. I don't really think of a toddler in much of a sexual way, but rather I want to cuddle one and make sure they're happy. That is mainly it with younger children. It's hard to avoid being unsettled by this. And the amount of times I've been breaking and walking away from my microphone while recording this is, I hope it doesn't show up in the recording. I hope you guys don't hear so many different you know, tone changes because I keep walking away. This is so hard to record. Okay, back to the quoted interview from Adam. It's hard to avoid being unsettled by this and that sense of what is not being said, especially with the qualifiers, much of a sexual way and mainly it. He tries to clarify, if you're a parent and you have a toddler, you cuddle them, kiss them, make sure they're fed and safe and happy. And that's kind of the same feeling, but I just get it with all children or boys. After a slight hesitation, he replies that there is obviously some slight attraction, but that it is drowned out by his emotional response. Adam needs help, professional help. The whole time in the article, I'm reading about how Adam is really hesitant to say any of this and he's resolved to not touch a child, but there's nothing about him getting therapy or trying to overcome this with any real intervention. Instead of these so-called virtuous pedophiles stroking their own ego, what about helping younger maps seek some kind of treatment? According to the BBC article, other anti-contact pedophiles tell me they went through other similar phases where they thought they would end up offending. One described himself as a ticking time bomb. Adam says he has never blamed himself. I didn't choose it. I got unlucky in life. I've never been horrible to anyone. So why has this horrible thing happened to me? He says that he was suicidal during that time, but that the feeling is much rarer now. He broke away from the pro-contact pedophiles after doing more research. And he says he couldn't possibly get any pleasure from looking at illegal images of children. Adam resolved to never abuse a child. It's striking that none of the young pedophiles that I've contacted have had any professional help. They seem to get the most support from other pedophiles. Adam credits online forums dedicated to non-offending. He says they help reiterate offending is wrong. And at least Adam broke away from the pro-contact pedophile group, so I'll give him that, I guess. Um, There are helplines for pedophiles, but there's not enough support at all. And by support, I don't mean encouragement, but support to be better and not act on these urges. The BBC writer does give credit to some support groups for encouraging non-offenders to remain no contact, even though it's still a far cry from professional help. Non-offenders shouldn't be allowed around kids and their behaviors and attractions should not be seen as acceptable. Change has to be made and help has to be given, absolutely. The same way anyone else who has strong urges and desires to commit a serious crime needs help too. However, now we get into the far more dangerous group, the pro-contact pedophiles. 
And things are only going to get worse from here as I'm sure you can tell just from the name. Even though I'm using a VPN to do this research, I'm 90% sure I'm going to now be on a watch list because of the research for this episode. And oh my fucking God. Now, one self-professed pedophile who says they are no contact goes over the arguments that pro-contact maps make. So let's go over them one by one, then debunk them one by one using research and data as opposed to the bullshit that the pro-contact pedophiles use, shall we? The first argument pro-contact maps use is that children are sexual beings. They're not entirely pure and innocent. Do young children sometimes engage in sexual behavior like touching themselves? Yes, but they are not sexually mature enough for intercourse. According to one source, there are different causes of sexual behavior problems in children. Since sexual behavior is learned, in most cases, it is the result of what children have seen or experienced. Children may see sexual behavior of parents, older siblings, or babysitters, or on television and in magazines. Some children who are sexually abused act out sexually or become sexualized. In families where there is a lot of conflict or stress, children may begin to act in sexual ways. Other factors may contribute to sexual behavioral problems, including trouble controlling impulses, difficulty getting along with others, or not being watched closely enough by parents or caregivers. Children can't consent, not just because it's against the law. Numerous studies show that adults only exploit children's vulnerability and lack of power when this happens, and children are not able to understand and interpret the sexual nature of these actions. One article states, Several models have been developed in an attempt to explain the adverse negative impact of CSA, child sexual abuse. It's also worth noting here, physical harm doesn't have to be done to constitute abuse, just saying. Among the most established conceptual frameworks on the impact of CSA is the four-factor traumagenics model. This model suggests that CSA alters a child's cognitive and emotional orientation to the world, and it causes trauma by distorting their self-concept and affective capacities. This model underscores the issues of trust and intimacy that are particularly pronounced among victims of CSA. The unique nature of CSA as a form of maltreatment is highlighted by the four trauma-causing factors that victims may experience, which are traumatic sexualization, betrayal, powerlessness, and stigmatization. Traumatic sexualization refers to the sexuality of the victims that is shaped and distorted by the sexual abuse. Betrayal is the loss of trust in the perpetrator who shattered the relationship and in other adults who are perceived as not having protected the child from being abused in the first place or not supported her upon disclosure. Powerlessness is experienced through power issues at play in CSA where victims are unable to alter the situation despite feelings of threat or harm and the violation of their personal space. Stigmatization is the incorporation of perceptions reinforced by the perpetrator's manipulative discourse or by dominant social negative attitudes towards victims of being bad or deserving and responsible for the abuse. A third to half of all victims of CSA have also shown levels of PTSD and high levels of disassociation are present among sexually abused preschoolers. So yeah, I don't give a fuck if someone thinks a child may be interested. The adult present should know that they don't understand and educate a child, not exploit them. A significant number of mental health and behavioral disturbances have also been linked to CSA. And victims are more prone to abusing substances, engaging in self-harm behaviors and attempting or committing suicide. So to pro-contact maps, how can you justify that? If kids are such sexual creatures, why does research prove that kids are not sexually mature enough to be engaging in these activities at a young age? 
Another argument made by these pro-contact pedophiles is that sex feels good, therefore children have the human right to enjoy sex. Their third argument is just straight up, kids can consent because they can say no if they don't like it. And the fourth is there is no inherent harm in sex. Please re-review my previous response, okay? There's no inherent harm in consensual sense between two consenting parties, perhaps, but not kids, because kids cannot consent. If there's no harm in sex with kids, then why is the risk of PTSD so much higher? Why does the data go against that? I'd really love to see an excuse for that one. A fifth argument by pro-contact pedos is that consent isn't an arbitrary line and there's no one logical age. People should find their own line individually. So how about no? Toddlers and infants don't know what sex is. An infant isn't even capable of understanding that. And yet we've seen people in this video already say that their age of consent or whatever the hell their AOA is starting at one or two years of age. So it's not a fucking arbitrary line. The line or laws set in place are to protect kids that are too young to protect themselves. I've talked about age differentials for a reason because I get that there's older teenagers that are gonna go like, you know, oh my God, am I being a pedophile or something like that? But it's a little different because there's Jack and Jill laws in place and you are, you know, mature enough to understand and your body is developing. But like a one or two year old, they don't understand. To act like puberty plays no factor and sexual maturity is just some arbitrary thing, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense from any angle you look at it. A world without age of consent laws would give MAPS even more reason to take advantage of that and act abusively towards children. Another pitiful, disgusting argument that pro-contact pedophiles have used is that ancient Greeks practiced it. So I guess by that logic, we shouldn't have abolished slavery either. So if someone did it in the history books, that means it's okay, right? Like just for fuck's sake, the arguments they make are terrible. History Extra explains. Pederasty literally means lust for or love of in a strong sexual sense children, says Professor Carlidge. An illegal and totally unacceptable practice today, the subject of pederasty is a highly sensitive one, he adds. In ancient Greece, it could be of either sex. It could involve an underage sub-adult, either male or female. So yeah, the no contact map that made this list pro contact maps even said that it sounded like a way for older men to get sexual gratification without getting someone pregnant. Now, regardless of what you think about ancient societies that did take part in this, it's not a justification for anyone to do this now. And I'd like to think we've grown a bit since then, right? Of course, there's a few more bullshit arguments like, well, what if I wanted sex with an adult when I was a kid or pedophiles aren't monsters and society and laws are going to protect the child anyway. None of those are reasons to take advantage of a child's vulnerability and sexual immaturity. If pedophiles don't want to be seen as monsters, then get professional help, try to overcome it, and stop with the bullshit pro-contact arguments. But this weird map pride attitude I'm seeing is just the next level of sickening. Now, before we go on to talk about this weird gray area of how they're trying to get into LGBTQ community shenanigans, I'm gonna place the sponsorship here because I need a mental break. You probably need a mental break. And uh, there's no way I could make this video because it's gonna be demonetized as hell. So I'm very grateful for the sponsors of today's episode because holy hell, it's a doozy. So let's have a break for that, please, for all of our sakes. It's summertime, baby. And that means I don't have any more free time than normal, but I absolutely am gonna try to improve myself on certain sets of skills, including cooking. 
And a fair amount of you know, I can't cook for shit. I have even managed to burn uh, scrambled eggs. Like I am actually brilliant. So when I started using HelloFresh, I was actually amazed at the fact that I could cook complete meals. Like it was actually genuinely shocking. And with HelloFresh, they make it really easy with fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes that get delivered right to your door every single week. You can skip trips to the grocery store and make home cooking much easier with them. And it's also just super easy to go through their app, pick which weeks you want boxes to arrive, which weeks you wanna skip, what recipes you want, what recipes you don't want that week. Like there's so many recipes. I think they're up to over 50 different items every single week that you can choose from. And just hold on a sec here. I'm gonna open up my app because I have my meals pre-planned out what I'm getting with them all the way through. I think it looks like Thursday, August 26th as of right now. Okay, and I'm talking everything is on the menu. Like you would not even guess that some of these things you could make. Like I sure as hell look at these. and I'm like, I can't make this. And then it shows up and I can. Okay, I've got stuff here like sheet pan, chickpea shawarma, pita pockets, like honey, Brussels sprouts and ricotta flatbreads. I've got like balsamic tomato and herb chicken, the firecracker meatballs, chef's kiss, it's all there. So if you also wanna get started with HelloFresh, make sure you go to hellofresh.com slash casket14 and use code casket14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Again, go to hellofresh.com slash casket14 and use code casket14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. This episode is also sponsored by Athena Club. Now, when it was the pandemic last year, I will be totally honest, shaving, not a high priority. Like where was I going? Who was I seeing? My dolphin legs had no place to be. So we were just vibing in hair town and that's fine. But now the summer's here and I got some cute dresses that have those kind of like side slits, like they're the long like floor length summer dresses, but they kind of have like little little side slit for like something a little sexy moment, you know? And um, you know, my bare legs are not really cutting it for me. Like I just don't feel the breeze the same. And thank God for Athena Club's razor because their razor is designed with built-in skin guards to help prevent razor burn while being gentle on curves. That includes the kneecaps, which I I don't know if I'm the only one, but I cut my kneecaps up a lot and I don't really do that with this razor, which is kind of surprising and very exciting. And the best part about this razor kit is it's only nine bucks and it comes with two blade heads, a magnetic hook for shower storage and your choice of handle color. I have like that baby blue teal color. I I don't know why I say like as if they're the same color, but it's like a baby blue color. It's absolute perfection. I love it. And I just have it suction cupped to my wall in the shower and it stays out of the way. So my shampoo and conditioner have their own little home and voila, shaving when I need it, it's away when I don't need it. So show your skin that you care with Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Make sure you go to athenaclub.com and use promo code casket. That's athenaclub.com, use promo code casket for 20% off. Okay, so now it's time to have a bit of a tangent. I know I've gone off a bit on tangents already, but I swear it's going to continue getting worse. Now, there are plenty of YouTubers that have talked about how maps are wanting acceptance online and all, but what really disturbs me is how children, actual children, are kind of coming around and thinking that this is normal, or at the very least, that they're seeking adults out now. There's been profiles cropping up on Twitter with the acronym AAM, Adult Attracted Minor. They put some hearts, seem innocent, and then bam, maps welcome. And of course their icon is an anime girl with the words, nice dick bro. Like it's so fucking disturbing seeing kids with AAM on their profile. Some profiles say AAM or map ally, but then they also say minors cannot consent. So like, which is it? 
I guess they're a young person only willing to talk with no contact maps, but to see a minor putting themselves in this position willingly makes me sick. Maps welcome and like DMs open, like gross. But I don't blame these young teens or kiddos. I blame the community of maps that have made them believe it's a perfectly acceptable thing. Like this is not acceptable, get some help. And again, I get that this map flag thing apparently started as a joke, but it wasn't really about being part of LGBTQ+, but it certainly has evolved into that now because plenty of these accounts are posting photos of the flag too. But if you do see these accounts, please don't harass him. They're probably young teens. Just report the account and block him and be done with them. Of course, there's also accounts of adults, one claiming to be 27, saying that they love a 14 year old too, which is just pretty goddamn disturbing. And I'm regrettably falling down this rabbit hole already if you can't tell by my cursing and tone here that it's just, this is so much to take in and none of it is good and it's all bad. Like as kind of an offset tangent, I remember there was someone I used to be friends with who ran a discord server and um, my friends and I found out that there was someone in that server who was above the age of 18, like explicitly talking about how they were in love or like in a relationship of some gross fucking variety with a 14 year old. And then I stopped being friends with that person because that person wouldn't do anything about it. And they go, well, that's their personal life. Like they can deal with it. And I was like, what the fuck? This shit still grosses me out. But anyway, there's even a subreddit that's devoted to this. It's called Pedo Friends. And that was taken down because as opposed to being a support group that it claimed to be, it was really just an absolute cesspit full of pro-pedophilia content. One article from Voactive reads, in a statement to Voactive, Reddit described itself as the proud home to some of the most authentic conversations online and added that the company strives to be a welcoming open platform to all. But the statement continued, we are very clear in our site terms of service about content or behaviors that can get users or communities banned from Reddit. We banned this subreddit due to violations of the terms of our policies. It's a really weird topic to get into. Like, yeah, if someone is advocating that people stay no contact, that's better, I guess, obviously than being pro contact, but these kinds of communities that are run by pedophiles can clearly and so easily turn into something else. Maybe someone is going to tell me that this is presumptuous to say, but like, wouldn't this be an absolute dream for anyone trying to get their hands on child porn? Like, wouldn't that just be like the spot, like a bunch of people that would be interested in that shit? The article continues and reads, now that the subreddit has been banned, it's only possible to access a limited number of posts through the internet archive site Wayback Machine. In those limited number of posts, there are a few examples of pro-contact views being expressed. In one thread meant to host arguments for and against pedophilia, a social worker wrote, If I get 10 disturbed kids in a week, at least six of them got that way because someone couldn't keep their hands off them. A user by the name, your daughter's a cutie responded by arguing that children with a sexual partner fare better than children without a sexual partner. In another case, a user wrote about having a GF around the age of 11. He said, she was absolutely adorable and our relationship was great. Unfortunately, someone from her school found out and she started getting teased about it. Anyways, point is our relationship was splendid until the weight of the situation became real. And I realized if society finds out I have a relationship with a child, it's not me who will suffer the most. So despite r slash pedo friends stated aims, it's clear that it didn't always maintain a hard line against discussions of child abuse or the discussion of inappropriate relationships with children. Even if I want to believe that some online communities are helping, they shouldn't be the only help available to maps. That just seems like it would be asking for trouble. Another article states, Although the mantra of virtuous pedophiles is strictly anti-contact, the forum allows former viewers of child pornography to join. 
The poster child of virtuous pedophiles has never done any of that, says Edwards. But we had to ask if we could turn people away who wanted to stay good. And we couldn't, naturally. But because child pornography is illegal, the rules of the forum preclude mentioning the viewing or possession of child pornography, even if the user is talking about it, something done in the past. It would risk getting law enforcement interested in us, like even subpoenaing us, Edward says, adding that members could talk about child pornography use in private messages, which are not monitored by site administrators. Child pornography isn't a victimless crime. Again, kids can't consent. They can't consent to have their image used in that way either. I get the need for support, I really do. This virtuous pedophile community says they've got a gigantic suicide rate. So yes, there's clearly a need for help and support among these people. But even if they say their community is saving lives, I feel like it's also validating pedophiles as opposed to pushing them to seek professional help. Some of these virtuous pedophiles say they're too scared to seek professional help because they're worried a therapist is going to report them. The thing is, if a kid is in danger, then they deserve to be reported. They deserve to go to prison if they abuse a child. I really don't care what happens then. But if these maps and no contact predators are talking about wanting actual real help, then they need to seek it out. No more of this acceptance bullshit. I don't accept the map community as a sexual orientation. I don't accept it as something to be embraced. I don't accept it as something that needs to be encouraged or supported. That's all there is to it. What really makes me sick to my stomach too is how Gary justifies his virtuous pedophile club as being able to stop pedophiles. The Voactive article reads, Last year, he, Gary, got a call from a man who said he was sexually abusing his six-year-old daughter. The man had just won sole custody from the girl's drug-addicted mother. When the girl would get out of the shower, the man said, they would engage in what Gary described as mutual masturbation. Gary says that through their phone calls, which happened three times a week at first, the man recognized the shower issue and decided to have his daughter bathe in the morning so she was off at school before temptation struck. That worked, he said, explaining that the man claims he is no longer molesting the girl. And I don't care if you're like, oh my God, he's cured, it worked. He literally molested a girl and admitted to it. A rapist does not get to say, hey, I stopped raping people, so I shouldn't go to prison for the rapes I did commit. Or a murderer going, well, I stopped murdering, so I really shouldn't be held responsible anymore. That is not how it works. That man was sexually abusing his daughter. He absolutely, without a doubt, should be in prison for it. Even if he recognized the shower issue, does that mean he's not going to find an opportunity again later? Gary's mindset here is horrific. And in my eyes, proves why this virtuous pedophile club is only protecting pedophiles, even those that aren't so damn virtuous. This poor young girl, this six-year-old girl, might remember this later in her years if she doesn't now. And what would her dad say to her then? Oh, it's okay that I molested you, I stopped. No, a crime is a crime. And I'm appalled that Gary and his little club of misfits, that this is what they're doing and this is what they claim they're protecting each other over. I do understand why people are saying that minor attracted people need help. And I agree with that, but it's impossible for me to see these support groups and map awareness hashtags and not get infuriated when I read about how Gary and his groups deal with actual criminal situations. Rebranding a pedophile as a map, whether or not the map community even came up with the term doesn't change the act itself. Using a flag again, whether or not the map community even came up with the flag, doesn't make them part of the LGBTQ plus community. As I said earlier, there's some debate if the map community is actually trying to become part of the community at all. Snopes has done a fact check on it, though articles from sites like Medium continue to crop up saying otherwise, that maps really do consider themselves part of the community. My sources have been pretty damn clear at one point, regardless, LGBTQ does not claim them. In my opinion, these no contact maps need serious professional help, not a love yourself, it's fine that you're attracted to little kids acceptance. And the ones that are pro contact, jail, right to jail. 
with all that being said, that is where I'm ending this episode. This is kind of something I needed to get off my chest because this has been bothering me for some time. This, like, I feel like the story continually pops up. There's new issues with maps and I, I need that shit struck down. This is not okay and it will never be okay. Thank you to all of you who have made it to the end of this episode. I know this was a very difficult one to get through. Thank you to the sponsors of today's episode as well for allowing me to continue to create content and awareness about serious topics such as this one. I will see you guys in the next episode. This one is over. I hope you have a great rest of your day, night, wherever you are in the world and um, take care, be safe and, uh, and, and don't let this fuckery remain afoot.